get this recording going. Uh, it is cur- currently getting recorded. Okay, for sure. <laughs> How you been, man? I've been good. One second. Uh, yeah. Hey, hey, can you hear that? No, no. You don't hear that? No. Okay, good, good. There's uh, like some, they're, they're chopping trees down right next to my house. Is it hella loud? Yeah, it's like right, it's literally right next to my room. So I was wondering if you could hear it, but you can't? Holy shit, no, I can't. Perfect. Now I had to adjust my settings, making sure it kind of like blocked away um, extra sounds I was getting in. Wait, that's pretty fucking dope. Holy shit. That's, that's pretty dope how, how that worked out. You know uh, how it is. You still have the, no wait, you have the Rode mic, right? Yeah, the Rode NT1. Shit, I gotta get me, like I gotta get me one of those. Um, wait, what do you, wait, what do you have right now? Well, I have, I don't know what's fucking called. I got an Amazon, bro. It's like LCS, mic audio and shit. I, it's <laughs> it's pretty condensed. Like, I, you can't. If, it's, well, it's a USB mic, right? It's a USB mic, yes. Ah, that's why. Yeah, I got it. Okay. It's a USB mic. I don't know how to use the other ones. I just let don't me, know. Let me know what kind of setup you're trying to go to because all you need is an audio interface. What the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Holy shit. It's basically this little box with a bunch of knobs, which gives power to the microphone. What the fuck? Yeah. Does it work for other people on the other side or no? Yeah, it's more for like uh, like sound production. Ah. Uh, so that's why that's why like the audio is very crisp. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Dude, I'm trying to I'm trying to really make something happen. Maybe not this year. I'm hoping next year. Oh, you going? You going to? You say it. Say yeah, it with your chest, man. It's, it's fucking. I, I want to. Like, I'm, I'm. I'm going to to get an office in here that's right next to like my my wife's office, dude. The, mm. the rent is pretty goddamn cheap. What do you mean? Like, so you rent the office space? Wait, right? where, where where at? In Daly City. I'm surprised. Daly City and cheap, bro. Fifteen hundred. Oh shit. Yeah, fifteen hundred for a pretty big, spacious single room. And you look at it and you're like, bro, there's so much content you can do. Podcast table here. Hey, I'm going to be honest with you. If you can get an office, get an office. What we said before was because um, my goal was to get an office. You know how I got it. Yep. But it really helps elevate you in your own business. Shit. Because when you're putting yourself in that setting, you know you have to work. Yeah. And when you're by yourself, yeah, you're getting all your thoughts together. And yeah, you can do it in your room and be at home. But let's be honest, you're too comfortable in your own house. That's facts. That's facts. Oh, no, exactly. So when you put yourself in that room, what you're doing is you're attracting more space for you to create more like prosperity and more ideas. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking about. Because with Heathens, there's a lot of personal content that we want to do. You know, challenges that we can't really get together for in public that we can pursue but mm-hmm. if we had our own space that we can do it for we can use that content generate venue and monetizing our videos and fun our organization do more fun shit my photography whatever it's just hella shit in my mind bro like it it just so many things that's in my head mm-hmm. um it, it kind of resonates to i don't know if you really caught uh the song in, in part of the song congratulations by post malone uh which part when he says, how can I make sense? And how can I make sense when I have millions on my mind? Yep. Yep. I, bro, when I fucking caught that, I was like, yo, hold the fuck up. I've been listening to this song for like a couple of years and I just caught that. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, that's crazy shit. No, you know? exactly. They're so good with the play on words, you know? It is. That, that, actually, that's exactly what my wife said last night. I was like, yo. <laughs> <laughs> it just, I don't know, man. When, when I think about money, 
in all aspects, I'm just like, shit, you know, I, I always think about, I want to make six, I want to make seven figures, but I got to make my first five. Exactly. And you got to start it off slow. You know, I always, um, like, well, like Warren Buffett says, it's all about building wealth slowly. You know, you don't want to rush it because anything that happens overnight, you know, you're more likely to lose it overnight too. You think that's how, do you think that plays out for winning the lottery? Oh, absolutely. That's funny that you bring that up because I'm actually about to make a video talking about that. Oh, I'm, basically yeah? just, I'm basically just going to talk about, oh, here's a little sneak peek. Or you guys are probably hear it or see it already. <laughs> but basically, I'm going to talk about how you see the saying on um, Instagram or all over social media saying, if you can't manage a hundred, you won't be able to manage a thousand. If you can't manage a thousand, you probably won't be able to manage 10,000. And if you can't manage any of that, you for sure won't be able to manage a million. That's facts. That's 1000% facts. And, and that, that just me is going to show is that people always want to say, Oh, when I have my money, I'll be happy. Or I can't wait to be a millionaire. Or, I want to be a millionaire. Well, let's be honest. You become a millionaire. Would you even know what to do with it? Why do you think so many people that win the lotto go broke after? Why do you think so many sports players go broke after? Yeah. Because they lack financial education. What's the first thing you would do if you were to win that lottery? What's the first thing someone should actually do? Well, there's a lot, there's a lot, but obviously you really got to sit down and see what you can do with it. Obviously what I would do personally uh, let's say I won, I don't know. Let's how say the much, jackpot, how much? Bro, like, I think 850 million. Is that what it is right now? I think so. 750 or None of my dad keeps telling me to buy a lot of tickets. Like, <laughs> I don't buy, <laughs> yo, I don't, I don't buy a lot of tickets. Yo, my family's on that shit. And, it, you know, they keep telling me the shit that they would do. And I'm like, bro, no, that's not the first thing you would do. What the fuck? Like, yeah. But I want to know. know you. Like, I want to know from a financial advisor, what would be the smartest thing to do, first and foremost, when you win that kind of that much money if i were to win that kind of money well first we gotta understand how the taxes work on that because if you get 850 million you for sure don't have 850 million Facts. you don't if you get a lump sum you don't i think you yeah. get literally 70 percent of that 60 percent of that yeah let's, let's just say 60 percent. let's just lowball it right there okay. just because the government wants to cut <laughs> You know how it is. I think at 850, you, you'll probably get around 535. Yeah. Sounds about right. I'll take it. I'll take it. 535. But, okay. All right. All right. So let's say I get that money. So what okay. I would do first is obviously give back to my parents, give back to the family. You know, we all got debt. We all need yeah. to pay it somehow. Yeah, yeah. And two, I got to give, I got to give back to, to the family in the Philippines and all over the world because, you know, that's fam right there. Especially in huh? the Philippines. You know, they're, they're the ones that that's, they um they need it more than I do. Let's say that. Shit, bro, million dollars in the Philippines goes a long way. For real, dude. Way. Yeah, so really just doing that with the debt, paying off my parents' house, doing all of that kinds of stuff, and then I invest. Are you okay? Well, you, since you know you have financial education, what about those who are who don't? Right, the one like my mom. Let's use my mom. Oh, okay. Uh, if you don't have financial education, then you come see me and I educate you. <laughs> most facts. Plug, most plug shit ever, but that's that, that, exactly that's what it. I told my mom. That's exactly what I told my mom. If you were to get to win this much money, the first thing you do is actually go seek for help. Like you go either get an accountant, a financial advisor, 
a lawyer for that crime matter. Yes, correct. You need all, you need all those people. You need a whole damn team. You need a team. More money, more problems, man. That's I, and I told her that right, and I, and I told her for those who's listening, you think that winning that much lottery will bring so much joy in your life. I, for the most part, if you really don't know how to handle your shit, to handle your money, it's gonna bring you more problems because now you're gonna have people knocking on your door, asking you for. Hey, remember what you owed me last time? You know, care to double that since you have enough money anyway? And you have a lot of people coming for your heads, right? And it's mm-hmm. going to an individual like Darrell and asking him what they what you should do with the money should be one of the first things you, you do. Uh, allocating it properly, making sure that you don't lose it the moment you get it. But with that kind of money, how stable is it? Like, do you think... I guess this is more a subjective standpoint because I want to know more on like how lotto winners really lose their money so quickly. Bro, that's because they be, I don't know, depending on what they like, they're going to go buy the nice house, go buy the fancy cars, the nice motorcycles. I don't know, the nice jewelry, designer stuff. You know, all the unnecessary shit. Mm-hmm. All the stuff that's going to, that's taking money out of your pocket and not putting money into it. The liabilities, that's what they like to buy. Because obviously, once you buy the house, it's like, hey, yeah, you got the house, but then can you keep up with the payments for the rest of your life? But then, no, you can't because you already bought the Bentley. You already bought the Rolls Royce. You bought the Lambo. Mm-hmm. Pay for insurance and all that kinds of stuff. That shit adds up. We talked about last time, uh, last time we did a financial segment um, about handling your money properly, right? Yeah. And, and how to use a stimulus check we have one coming in again. Oh, I guess it's in the works. A more, we have another one? We, yeah, 1400 uh, That's Biden pushed it out on Friday. I think um, the bipartisan party is waiting to see mm-hmm. if they're going to approve it or not. The Republicans are definitely more no to it because it's a very hefty, I guess, money. $1.9 trillion. <laughs> oh, shit. yay. More debt. More debt. And again, we talked about that, right? We talked about the more we pull money out of some of some of our asses, the more we got to pay back later. Yeah. Just more like the whole circulation and the supply and demand of it. You know, it's like mm-hmm. the more money that they're printing, the less valuable it becomes. That's what you call that. That's, that's what fiat con- currency is, man. Our money's not real. Well, it's, like, it's money is more, not actually. real. Like before money was backed by gold, right? Okay. Because there's only so much gold that went around at the time. Okay. Then what was it? can't even think of the dates right now. Let's just say, I just remember it was during John F. Kennedy's time where they wanted to bring the Federal Reserve to say that gold is no longer to be backed by money. That's why every single dollar is considered an IOU. Okay, okay. Because they're just printing it out, saying that, hey, we're gonna give you these, we're gonna give you these little coupon, which is the paper, saying this is worth this much to, at this bank. So they wanted to centralize it and they did the whole Federal Reserve so that they're the only ones ha- handling all the money. But now they're the only ones printing our currency. Okay. So ideally, when we do an exchange of worthy things, like let's just say, you know, back in the day, it was all about bar- bartering. I trade you, I'll trade you two goats for 30 cantaloupes or something, mm-hmm. you know? But obviously they need to make that, that um, universal currency. I won't say universal, but more common currency that can kind of have more equal value of what you can trade in. But instead of me ranting, anyways, 
the more money that they're printing right now, obviously with more in the circulation means it's worth less. Think about it like your Jordans. You know, why are some Jordans so more expensive? Because they only made 500 pairs of it. But now they got oh, 5 million pairs. So okay. obviously the value has decreased. Less, yep. Yeah, so with the more dollar bills are printing, the more the dollar is losing its value. Where? Here in the US, all over the world, because a lot of people use the American dollar. But others saying, okay, well, the American dollar is there's more and more being printed. So why is it even worth anything? You know what I'm saying? That's actually one that I want I go on in more clarification on because I'm like, where are we getting these money from? Like, is there like a secret fucking gold mine or some shit that we just pull money out of our, out of it? No, we just print it, dude. So why are we paying back? Why are we paying it back? Exactly. If we're just fucking printing it, why can't we print it ourselves? We're I paying it know. back and we're paying back more than, than, we, than we technically borrowed. That makes no sense to me. So I did, it just, it's just more on like, I guess it's gone so big that no one really re understands that or realizes it. I guess the masses don't. Yeah. It really did dawn to me the first time they pulled out that much money last year like a trillion dollar amount. And I'm like, bro, wait, where are we getting this trillion dollar amount? Yeah. And how the hell are we on? How are we in debt that much? If we can pull out this much, right? Like the country, like us is in debt pretty heavily, but yeah, we have money to pull out. Why didn't we just use that money to pay in the first place? Well, like I said, it's just, it's just not going to be worth anything. Like other countries going to see it and be like, the hell you're just printing money. Your money's not worth anything to us. Actually, you know, what just came into my mind. Did you watch SpongeBob? Uh, I, I, I did not sadly. What? I'm sorry. I had such a good reference. God I'm damn it. Sorry. I'm sorry. I did not use it anyway for the, for the sake of the people, but I don't know. Okay. All right, guys. If you if you're listening, <laughs> there was an episode in SpongeBob where SpongeBob finds a hat that says number one on it. And basically he buys it from at a garage sale from Mr. Krabs or whatever. And then people are like, where'd you find that hat? That is amazing. And then people are trying to buy it. I'll offer you $10 for it. I'll offer you 1000, offer you a million dollars for it. Right. Mm. And so Mr. Krabs is like, wait, 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 wait. You know, he's very stingy. He's like, I want my money. He's like, wait, 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 give me that hat back. You know, I want to make money off of it because he didn't realize it was worth so much. So he makes up a story telling SpongeBob, well, this hat was meant to, was made for this dead person. That's why he was number one. And so he basically gives the hat back to the guy under the grave somehow. And Mr. Krabs goes and digs up the hat because he really wants the hats because it's worth so much. He goes through all this trouble digging up the grave, grabs the hat back and comes back and be like, I found, I have the hat. Who wants to buy it? Then all the people or all, all the other fish in the sea are basically saying, Oh, that hat is worth is, is worthless now. We just found a huge warehouse full of them. So Mr. Krabs basically went through all that trouble to get that one hat because he thought it was worth so much. When in reality, while he was working to get that hat, they found a million more, which is now worth which is now worthless. And that goes back to being supply and demand. And also going back to what we call in today's society, speculative investments in which there really is no value to the item, but it was given value from society. For okay. example, today, Pokemon cards, trading cards, uh, Jordans, I don't know. And you know, you, do you get what I'm saying though? Mm -hmm. So technically it's worth like 10 cents, but the fact that people are putting a value on it makes it worth so much more. Just like clothing in general, hype beast clothing. Mm -hmm. 
you know, it's really not worth much. It's only worth a lot because people say it's worth a lot. That's what that's where the stems of these Pokemon trading cards, because Gary V says they're very they're worth a lot more, especially sports cards like the baseball rookie cards or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a big fanatic of collecting those. So of course, the more our social media grows, the more his image grows, because that's what he is: fucking social media mobile. And, exactly. You know, when he put value into that, when he puts a price to it, everyone's gonna go want to buy it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I, one incident what I remember was when Luka Doncic was very like a rookie when he was mm-hmm. a rookie last year, and he just went off with Trey Trey Young. He was like, "Oh yeah, yeah." If you didn't buy a Luka Doncic uh, rookie card, you should buy it now because this kid's going to blow up. And I shit you not, this kid did blow up, and now his trading cards, his rookie cards, are worth thousands of dollars. That's crazy, man. For a mere of what? You, maybe you've spent 100 bucks from eBay, and now you can sell it for over a grand or no? Like, that's just – if you have multiple ones, it's a way to make money if you really want to sell it. And I always thought about them, like, who's going to buy these cards? Right, who's actually gonna buy it? But there's actually collectors out there who who does buy these things in the most expensive way, just so they can get their hands on it. Now it's Pokemon cards. Like, when the fuck did Pokemon cards become so prominent? Like, it, I see it everywhere. Everyone's opening it on Twitch. Everyone's getting excited. Some guy on Twitch is literally his main content, bro, is opening Pokemon cards and see what kind of shiny cards he get. Oh shit! Really? And he gets, he still gets thousands of views, thousands of subscribers that pays for that. I think the last time I seen him, he's opened a thousand packets, bro. Holy shit. You times that by how much a packet would cost, $3.99, or he gets those big ass boxes for $19.99. But you, looks like it's content for them. What more when you bring Yu Gi Oh into this damn table? Holy shit. But how does, how does that work out now with how our economy is? Is Dude. it still feasible for others to invest in some sort of, you know, trading cards and, and Pokemon cards to make quick money, I guess, to get in the hype? Yeah, I guess. I don't think it's going to last, though, to be honest, because it's kind of like I said, people are just putting value onto it. You know, let's be honest, man. People ain't really working like that. People don't have come money coming in. So they're taking the stuff around their house that's building more value. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's like they don't really have money, but they're like, oh my God, these Pokemon cards and these are all worth something. And other people are like, wait, I have Pokemon cards and these are worth something. Now everybody's saying, I got Pokemon cards. They're all worth something. Therefore, all the prices of all Pokemon cards just went up because mm-hmm. now everyone's fucking talking about it. It's funny because a few weeks ago, my brother, my older brother was saying, oh dude, I bought some Pokemon cards. I was like, for real? <laughs> I was like, he was like, yeah, I don't even know half the Pokemon in it, but I just felt like buying some because, <laughs> well, I'm not hating on it. Those who know me know I am a Pokemon die-hard fan. Mm-hmm. Like, I play that shit. Like, like Pokemon Go is my shit. I played every single game in it, and I played it the right way. I didn't just buy and catch. I did the whole game mechanics where I was literally, like, uh, yes. like, like I was fighting certain Pokemon with certain natures so I can yes. get certain levels. The, the, God, the IV training. The IV and uh, EV training. Yes, I did that. But moving forward, I, yeah. Pokemon cards, uh, I, I'm, I'm mad because I should have been on that. I do have a lot. I still do have a lot. I haven't looked at them, though. Um, my, my, my little brother has a whole binder full of them from when I was growing up. We gave them all to him, but he has them all. I do not have a shiny Charizard. That's the one card I never could have gotten 
bro, everyone's like opening that shit and it comes out as Charizard. I'm like, bro, what? Good is, that God. Even, is that even worth it then? Is that even worth anything if it's coming out as Charizard? Like that means there's more in circulation. No, there is. I've, I've seen about four content creators that I follow all the time open a very, very shiny Charizard. I'm like, is this shit common? Because all I see is Charizard. Like, I don't know if this is supposed to be a rare thing, but I just see Charizard everywhere. But this is how I look at it too. All right, let's say you got the Charizard, you got the shiny Blastoise, shiny Venusaur, or whatnot, right? Ooh, cool, and let's cool. say the world takes a shit. And we need money, we need to put food. What is, what is our card gonna do for you? That's true. That's you know, true. and that's why I go into thinking people like they got all these things of, of high value. It's like, oh, well, yeah, you consider yourself rich. Well, what's rich? Rich is temporary, man. It's all about wealth. Wealth is what lasts. Wealth is what shows what, what happens when the, when the world falls down on you and see how long you're going to last in it. Differentiate that real quick. And that's what showed in, in, in COVID. Okay. When everyone got laid off, when everyone, when people's businesses started closing, that, that the market is what exposed the people who were not prepared. Mm-hmm. Those who had the money, did not, it did not last them because they're like, shit, I only have one source of income. But those who knew how to invest their money, making sure it's growing, maybe having different businesses, having rental homes, real estate, they got money coming in because that's needed. Mm-hmm. But then you got all the people being like, well, I got 10 racks in my pocket right now. Well, guess what? That's going to go by pretty quick. You got rent coming up and you got to put food on the table. And now you don't have a job. That's, that's exactly what COVID did. It exposed a lot of shit. In the it exposed world. a lot of people a lot of and, and people's investments. Yeah. People thinking that they're in the best position possible. Oh, well, I have my 401k. I've been funding this for 20 years. I'm in the best. I'm about to retire next year. And guess what? Market took a shit. Now what? You lost 30% of your account in less than three weeks. Mm-hmm. How long are you going to be working for now? That was the saddest video I've seen when I, when I went to your workshop the first time. And mm-hmm. I saw that. I was like, what the fuck are these people doing? Like, I'm not blaming them, right? It, it really is just a lack of education, financial, uh, financial education. But it's, why is it so hard to reach out to, to certain people? Why is it so hard to spread this, this information to everyone else and not get turned on by the blind eye and be judged right away? Like, oh, you're just trying to get money out of me. You know, that's, no one that's, likes to talk about it. It's so, it's so taboo. They, they're, the reason people don't want to talk about it is because they're embarrassed about it. And it's not about... Wait, embarrassed about their situation? Talking about, about their situation, talking about money. You know, because you can make a lot of money, but the fact that you don't know how to, spe- you don't know how to spend and save correctly or invest for yourself, mm-hmm. that's why people get embarrassed because they don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Because when in real, life, in real life, they're making, I don't know, let's just say they're making 60000 a year. And then you're like, all right, what do you got for retirement? They're about 26 years old. And they're like, I don't even have anything in my savings. I'm like, but you only spend like 1500 a month. Like, where's your money going? Mm-hmm. Food, I don't know, buying fucking shoes, stuff for their girlfriends, cars that they don't need. And then that's why they get embarrassed because they spend all their money on liabilities. And the majority of the time, people are always talking about, Man, retirement, I'm not even thinking about that right now. I'm just trying to enjoy my life. Well, I'm going to be straight up with you. It's okay to enjoy your life. I think you should, but you should think about your future too. It's the, it's the actions you do today that affect your choices in the future. 
because so if true. you don't set yourself up for the future, guess what's going to come back to you. And if you're not saving and everyone listening, if you are not saving for retirement right now, I'm sorry, you're going to be working forever. Because every day that you invest and put money aside for your retirement is a day that you, you are saving so you don't have to work in the future. I, I think, I think he spoke to me in that one. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, but it's that's, the truth. No, but you know what? You know, you know what? Let's be honest. It's the truth, right? Because I've only gone to the financial education literally 2019 when I went to his workshop. I'm not bullshitting y'all. I started to understand and and be more financially aware when I got to his workshop in 2019, about November or December, about November 2019, when I started to understand more on the value of my money, the value of money and retirement and savings, different kind of fucking savings for crying out loud. And it just, just when someone offers you, I guess, again, we don't want to switch over topics, but it's really, it really depends on who contacts you, right? It really Mm -hmm. depends on the kind of message they portray afterwards and they send to you, you know, some can come across like they're recruiting you, but if you ever get, contacted by an individual of Arkshire Financial, I urge you to go to the workshop. They're not going to go out there and recruit you. They're literally just <laughs> telling you what it is. We don't, we don't do that. Just what it is. And it's amazing. It was an amazing experience. I went home, talked to my wife instantly, no 401ks. So, you know, she has a very nice nursing job now, which, you know, six figures and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. No 401k. It has to be, but the most minimal way, like the minimum yeah. that you can provide, that you can give. Because she knows now that if the market crashes again, she loses that money she put in. But I would not have known that information if I didn't go to, to Darrell's workshop. Yeah. And it just, he's telling the truth whether if you're not saving now, you are hurting yourself, your 30 years from now self. Because a lot of people now that I know, who's about 50, you know, 50 to 55, 60s, who's about to retire in a couple of years, don't have enough retirement funds to actually maneuver them and guide them when they mm-hmm. do retire. Yes. But then they make this excuse saying, well, funny to you, I don't want to retire anyway. Okay, I understand that. There are some degrees that <laughs> you, know, you may love your shit so much that you want to keep working forever. But majority of the times... It's a facade that you just don't have money. It's true. It's very true. You know, people, you can work forever. You know, that's fine if that's what you want to do. But is that on your own terms? Is that what you truly want to do? So that's true. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. Exactly. And so when you're not putting money away for your retirement, like I said, you're most likely going to work forever. God forbid, if you even have a one retirement account that's in a volatile environment and the market takes a shit, you're, you're screwed. And when you're older, let's say you're over 60 and you're still working. God forbid the market takes a hit while you're still working. Now, guess what? You're forced to work longer because you're losing money in the market. And then what happens when you get older? You're more likely to get sick. So what happens when you get health conditions? Now you can't work. And now you're putting yourself in a financial bind because... You're sick. You can't go to work. You're losing money in the market. So guess what? You just, you just, you literally fucked yourself, you know? And that's the thing is people don't want to save money for the future. Oh, I want to enjoy it now. Well, you you can do that, you know, but you know, the same, they say, 
if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. <laughs> yep. You know, that's one of my favorite sayings because I yep. say that shit all the time. Yep. And it goes for, it goes for anything. No one, this is what Chris, my, my uh, mentor always says, no one ever says, oh, darn, I saved too much money. <laughs> no one ever says that. That's facts. That's they say the complete facts. opposite. Oh, darn, I should have saved more money. Yeah. And I'm going to say majority of people are always going to say that. Yeah. But that's why you save money and you let it work for you for the future. Now, of course, you're going to have multiple accounts and multiple investments. They're going to work in different areas and move differently. Right. Mm -hmm. But the main thing you want to do is make sure that you have enough. So when that rainy day comes, guess what? You're, you're good. And one saying I always like to say, I don't know if I mentioned this already, but money only speaks one language. Money, money says you save me today. I'm going to save you tomorrow. Ooh, yo. You feel me? I'm taking that shit. <laughs> I'll, put, I'll put that shit on my wall. No bullshit. That, that was no, good. That was exactly, good. Exactly. Because you never know what's going to happen, you know? And it, and it hurts me when I see people saying, oh, well, well, when, when, when I get paid, I'll, I'll do this. Oh, when, when I get paid, I'm going to get that. You know, well, why do you have to wait till when you get paid? Mm -hmm. Why don't you just stack it so when that day comes, you don't got to blink an eye? That's and, true. and that's the thing is people don't think about that. You know, I'm sorry. I, I felt like I was getting very aggressive right there, but I no, say, no. I say it from the heart, you know, no, I get very no. passionate. No, but you're right though. I mean, some people got to hear these things. Some people got to understand that money doesn't, well, well again, if, if we are in talking about the low to middle class, everyone makes excuse of, you know, they're millionaires. They can, they can do whatever they want. Well, some of these people didn't get to that wherever they want without hard work. You know, stop, yes. stop making that excuse. Like they, they got there for a reason. There's multiple people. There's a good amount of millionaires and billionaires who started from the bottom. Mm -hmm. I mean, the most, the most famous actor in the world right now, Dwayne DeRock fucking Johnson. Mm -hmm. You talk about him having seven bucks and he only had two thoughts in, my, two thoughts in his head. I'm broke and I'll never be broke again. Yep. That's yep, it. exactly. Right. And he, he did all that he can from the ground up to get to where he is today. But no one wants to put in that work. Kevin Hart says all the time, all the fucking time, everyone wants to be famous, but no one wants to do the work. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to be famous, but no one wants to do the work because everyone in here, a lot of people in this world are very spoiled. Yes. They're very entitled, right? I, I myself was in that category for a good portion of my life because I was always, you know, spoon fed. I was always, people always fix things for me. But when I finally got to the realization that it's all on me and my dreams only will come true if it's, you know, if, if I fucking put work in it, that's when I started to realize I'm like, fuck man, I'm behind shit. I'm very behind. I'm, be I'm behind on financial education. I'm behind on retirement. But it's a matter of fucking doing it that matters. Mm -hmm. I'm saving now, right? It just, I should have saved earlier. I should have saved at 21. See, there, there you go. You just said it. I should have saved at 18. I honestly should have known all this. And everyone should, have, should know this by 16. Matter yeah. of fact, you should start talking to your kids. That's the earliest that they can understand what money is. Oh, absolutely. And if people, those 
that are parents, you should be setting something up for your children now. Oh, because there's God. many people out there, and I've said this multiple times, man, I was like, man, I kind of wish my parents, you know, started something for me back then. Right. You know, and, and there's a lot of people out there that their parents did. And I'm sure my parents did at one point, but times got rough, so they had to use it, which mm -hmm. I completely understand now. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you want to set that example for your children and getting them prepared now. Mm -hmm. set them up with a savings account now set them up with their first uh, investment account so when that time comes guess what you don't have to work your ass off and be like oh my my son wants to do this he wants to go on this trip or he wants to or he needs to go to college guess what it's ready mm -hmm. and you don't gotta tell them you don't gotta tell your kids you know yeah. you don't gotta tell them like hey ever since you were born i started putting money aside for you no just don't tell them just don't tell them make him still understand the value of money that you know, you work yourself all these years to save that money for them and, and for, for emergency purposes, for college purposes or whatever. Start them young with credit cards and credit scores. You know, add them to your credit cards, build their credit along the way. They don't get to access it, but their credit's getting built. So mm -hmm. when they're 18 and they're allowed to have their own credit cards, they already have a damn near 800 credit score. Yeah, and that's what a lot of people have been, that, that I've heard do. And I'm like, oh, wow, I wish. Yeah. I should have done that. I mean, I got my first credit card at 18. So I luckily, thank God, I have a great credit. So <laughs> yeah, see, no, I fucked up on my credit. That's a bad part. Oh, I, I didn't know. Shoot. I didn't know. I didn't know. I, I didn't know the value of it. I didn't know what the fuck a credit score was. Mm -hmm. My mom just told me, you know, don't fuck up your credit. What the fuck is a credit? Right? Don't fuck up your score. You know, it's important. Next thing you know, I'm like a 600, low 600. I'm like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Right. I told, and then this is where my experience, you know, trickles down to my brothers. I told her, you know, at the now because he's turning 16, you should be able to put him on your credit card so you can build his credit for the next two years until he graduates high school. So when he gets out of high school and goes on his own way for college and he signs up for a credit card, you know, he has a credit score. But I'm instilling these instilling. I am pushing these education information to my youngest, to my middle brother, both of them, who is, you know, one is 15 now, one is 18, about to graduate high school, and letting them know the importance of money, because I fucked up. I fucked up. I fucked up my credit score. Mm -hmm. I fucked up savings. I, I fucked up on, on listening to the right people, because I didn't have the right people. I didn't have the right friend to talk to me about this, right? You know, with Darrell is actually the, fourth, the only one that talks to me about true money, you know? <laughs> like him, right. him and Justin is the ones that like really, like when I want to talk about money and I talk about savings stuff, I just go to them because that's their fucking specialty. Yeah, like when you called me last week about the ETFs, I was like, oh yeah, hold hey, up, I got you. It fucking worked, man. <laughs> Work, I'm on it, you know? I'm looking I told you, it. man just and for people listening just ask just ask just ask ask a pro also ask a professional you know it's not gonna it, it doesn't hurt like i said whenever you want to get something done or whenever you want some good information you're gonna ask someone who's been there yes like you're not gonna ask your friend who doesn't do anything when it comes to money and finance where to invest your money you came to me to be like hey bro i'm looking to get some etfs oh i got you bro here boom easy Let's just make this clear. You don't ask a broke person how to be a millionaire. Exactly. And I hear that shit too damn much. You just don't. You don't. I'm sorry. I'm not. That's just the reality of it. And am I saying that the broke person 
don't have any value to offer, they absolutely do. Everyone has their stories. Everyone has their struggles. But in a certain level, if you want to elevate yourself, you go to the people that's already up there. The, uh, you know, if you're listening, not everyone's the same. Not every financial advisor just looks for money. Not every financial advisor just want to take your money. Yeah. There's some people, again, that, that was my stigma before I met Thoreau. That was my stigma before I went to his workshop. That was I'm, the, my, I'm, I'm one of the good guys in the industry. No, he really is. And I'm not saying that because he's a good friend of mine. I'm saying that because I actually went to his workshop. I'm saying this because I actually got to meet the people that I got to, you know, um, I'm not sure what episode is his podcast. Let me check real quick. Episode shit. Episode 17. Chris Gallegos, his mentor. Yeah. Listen to that. Listen to that on my personal one. Thoughts never spoken. Number 17. That's his mentor. That's who he, that's who's running in his team. And, you know, in Arshire for, for one great fucking individuals who understands the value of money and understands the value of your money. They don't go in there and talk to you of like, okay, this is how much you should be putting in to make profit. No, they're as honest as they can be. If they can, they're as honest as they can be. And it's not, everyone is not like that. And not everyone's like that. Yeah. I, I turn people away sometimes. I'll have to tell them, Hey, you know what? It looks like with right now with your current situation, you're obviously uh, the main thing you need to do is, save your money first. I don't feel comfortable investing your money right now because you need to put yourself in the best situation, you know? And yes, I can take your money and make you start saving, but how long is that going to last? You, sure. It has to start with your mindset first. You have to want to save. You have to want to get to that later point in the future where you build wealth. But if you still got that small mindset and be like, Oh, a hundred dollars a month. I can't save a hundred dollars a month. I'm like, bro, that's $3 a day. Come on. Mm hmm. And that's the thing. That's why it's don't be afraid to reach out to a professional. It's a trial and error, right? You may have to go through five bad ones to get to the sixth good one. Mm -hmm. And it, it just, that's just how it is. We are in a world where there's a good and there's a bad, right? There's bad photographers and good photographers. There's one who's just in it for the money. Those are really in it to provide value and education. Yep. I'm just lucky that the first financial advisor that I actually got to meet in person, it's a good one, right? They're like they're the nice ones. And it just it's 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 facts, man. Like I'm not I'm not bullshitting anyone. I'm not saying this again because it's a friend of mine. It's just really how it is. And no, it's true. And that's why. And that's also why I work with the company I am today because of our values and our morals. I've seen a lot of financial firms and institutions out there that are not in the business for the right reasons. And it's very common for people to work in the finance industry because yes, it's a very lucrative industry. Mm -hmm. Obviously we work with money. We know how money works. So we're good with it too, mm -hmm. you know, but that's, that's why it's also cr so crucial to understand who you're taking your advice from. And yeah, you might want to take your advice and I'm not trying to shade the big banks and whatnot, but let's be honest, they're the big banks and the big corporations so they can charge you up to a lot of fees just mm -hmm. because they have the big name well i have my money with merrill lynch and wells fargo and bank of america and it's like well they have like the highest fees and management fees and whatnot so they can charge that much mm -hmm. and they're just going to grab your money i what i've noticed is the good advisors out there will not try to move your money right then and there mm -hmm. they're going to take their time to be like okay wait let's see how this goes the next week or so let me, let me try and game plan where you can start 
and then where we can start putting you in a better position here. But of course, it starts with yourself. If you're still going to be doing your bad spending habits, and I'm sorry, there's only so much I can do to help you. And that's why when it comes to my videos and my content that I build on, like, on Instagram and social media, I don't tell people, buy this stock, buy this index fund, put your money in this Roth IRA. I don't tell people, put your money here. I tell them, first, you got to get the mind right. Look at your money as a tool. Make it work for you because you work hard for our money. Dude, I mean, just being honest like that shows the kind of individual you are and the kind of individuals in your team. For those who want to get to know more about, you know, how their money should be working, not should be working, honestly, but more, know more about money in general, just contact Darrell, right? That's the information will be down below. Again, their questions um, is dollarfythoughts at gmail.com. If you have any concerns or anything that you want to ask us about, then we'll happily answer for you. But have an open mind, right? Make sure that you're not closed off because, you know, you had a couple of bad experience. Trust me, it, it, it happens. Um, this just goes in every single thing that we do, right? You know, you, you eat at two bad jack-in-the-box, but the third one is delicious. You know, this McDonald's next to your house is shitty, but the one <laughs> a, a mile or two away is like the best McDonald's ever. It just happens, right? That's just how our world works. That's how every single business works. You just have to, when you find the right one though, you stick with them and then you're good to go. Um, money is a very sensitive topic, but once you open that, open your mind up to it, it'll actually a very relieving conversation because now you get to understand the ins and the outs of retirement savings, uh, money in general, you know, how, how the value of money works, the inflation and all the things that we talk about here. But you know, it just such a wonderful thing that when you offer your service or when you provide insights like this, it gives a lot of these people a way to understand without actually being there, right? Yep. They can replay it over and over again. Um, and that makes, that makes podcasts, podcasts like these worth making and worth doing only because it provides value no matter how you look at it. Exactly. And me, me as a, prof as a professional, I will never judge someone based on their finances or what their lifestyle is, but I will tell you what you need to hear and not what you want to hear. That's what we all need to be honest with you. That's what we all need. And in then in, in, in trying times, you know, the truth, nothing but the truth, but that really is for episode today. Um, mm -hmm. this is our fourth one. This is our first month of January, right? Making sure that we're more, I guess, consistent. We are consistent every, every Monday we post something new. Um, we're going to have to catch up on the postings, but sure enough, after this, everything should be handled properly, right? This one is going to go on to our first episode of February, which is February 1st. Damn February 1st. Damn. Golly already man already i mean if you're not out there working if you're not out there grinding for your dreams and your and your your goals get started get started it takes you only take the first step and you just kind of rolling after that mm -hmm. you just got to do it i mean if you have anything else to say brother i'm good man i might be ended up talking up for another hour shit for sure <laughs> <laughs> i'll well, save it <laughs> well we'll see you again next week for another episode of dollars for your thoughts Yes, sir. Y'all have a good one. All right, man. You too. Thanks for listening, guys. All right, brother.